0: The moors of northern England can be a lonely place, especially for a young woman on her own. A cold wind blew down from the distant mountains and across the bare fields, racing for the sea. Pulling at her dress, the wind whipped and swirled about her, then moved on, leaving her alone on the road. Catherine Davis pulled her coat tight, shifted her valise to her other hand, and bent forward into the stiff breeze, desperate to get to Bridgewater before nightfall. Her feet ached from the long walk, her hand cramped from holding all of her worldly possessions in one small bag, and her mind whirled with worry at what lay before her. Shivering in the cold, Catherine once again patted the pocket of her black woolen coat. The letter was still there, just as it had been five minutes earlier. She forgave herself for her impatience. Everything depended on that letter— Orphaned at eight, a friend of her father's had taken her in as a scullery-maid at his inn. Catherine thought back to that summer, the cramped closet she shared with a family of mice and too many nightmares, the sadness that had hung over her at the loss of her father, the only parent she had ever known, and the knowledge of a future filled with nothing but drudgery and pain. Then Miss Margaret Ames had arrived at the inn like a fairy godmother, sent to rescue the little orphaned girl— Her heart broke at the thought of the unexpected loss of her dear friend. Miss Ames had been her mentor, her saviour, the closest thing to a mother she would ever know. Now she was gone, too soon. Sniffling back a tear, Catherine remembered back to that lonely kitchen. An unknown benefactor had selected Catherine for his benevolence. She was to go with her, Miss Ames had explained, to a new home, a school for girls— Everything was taken care of, and she needn't worry. Catherine smiled as she remembered the feeling of pure joy that had washed through her at the thought of leaving that kitchen, leaving the smell of grease and lye, the low ceiling that always made her feel trapped and cut off from the world, leaving one life and starting another. Just as she was doing once again, she thought. Would that be her lot in life, she wondered? always alone, no true home, no true family. For ten years she had attended Miss Ames' school for girls, finally graduating only the month before. Deep in her soul Catherine was positive that Miss Ames knew she was sick, but had held on until Catherine had completed her schooling. She had been treated well, but she had always been the outsider, the bricklayer's daughter, sharing classes with the daughters of rich merchants and the lower gentry. "'Never truly one of them. "'She was the girl who stayed at school during the holidays. "'The girl who never received packages from home. "'The orphan girl. "'Catherine shifted the valise once again, "'trying not to wince at the pain in her fingers. "'Without thinking, almost out of habit, "'her spare hand patted her pocket like a talisman. "'She was able to continue on only after she had assured herself "'that the letter was still there.' She was tempted to bring it out and read it once again, but why bother? It had been burned into her brain like the Lord's Prayer, the Times-tables, and the words of Miss Austen's novels. Things that were impossible to forget. Present this letter to the butler at Bridgewater Estate on the Daleside Road to York. He has received his instructions, and will ensure you are given a position. The letter had to work, she thought, as a shiver ran down her back. She had nowhere else to turn, no home to go to, no relative to take her in. If this didn't work, she had nothing, no alternative. Shivering once again, Catherine made her way round a bend in the muddy cart-path. There in the distance she saw, for the first time, the grey slate roof of Bridgewater, peeking out above the apple-orchard. Her heart began to race— Squaring her shoulders, she began to march towards her goal. She would do this, and it would work. A distant thumping broke through her thoughts. A horse was approaching from the road behind her. A fast-approaching horse, she realized, as she stepped to the side of the road. Shifting her valise once again, she halted and turned to look back down the road. The drumming of the hooves grew louder as finally a big black stallion turned the corner and raced towards her. On its back a large man was bent forward over the horse's neck, urging him to go even faster.